Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. The Bible said in Job chapter number 1, verse number 20, Then Job arose... And you say, well, where did he arise from? I'll come back to that in just a few minutes. Did Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head, fell down upon the ground and worshipped, and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. I want to preach on this thought with the help of the Lord this morning, how to make it. And you said, preach, what do you mean by that? Well, this week, matter of fact, yesterday, I heard an individual, matter of fact, I heard a couple individuals make this statement. I just don't know how I'm going to make it. I just don't know how I'm going to make it. Trouble had hit them, trials had hit them, adversity had hit them, problems had hit them. And they made this statement, I just don't know how I'm going to make it. And I want to preach with the help of the Lord this morning on how to make it. I'm glad that we can make it today. I'm glad that we don't have to be a casualty in war today. Glad that we don't have to throw in the towel and quit in the service of God today. I'm glad we can make it. Father, I love you this morning. God, you know the very need of this service. Father, you know the desire of my heart today. Lord, I sure would love for you to use me to help your people for a little while. Lord, I know that just within myself, I'm a absolute zero with the ring knocked off of it. Lord, there's nothing good in me today. There's nothing good that I can say within my own flesh to help anybody. So, Lord, I beg of you that he, the Holy Ghost, would empower us today. Lord, I pray that you would preach through me. Anoint me today, God. I promise, Lord, that if you will, I'll give you every bit of the praise and the glory for it. I pray, God, that you'd save that sinner closest to hell. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd bring that backslidden closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. I read this story. Let me read it to you. Gary Carr tells the story of Chippy, the parakeet. Chippy never saw it coming. One second, he was peacefully perched in his cage, sending a song into the air. The next second, he was sucked up, washed up, and blown over. His problem began when his owner decided to clean his cage with the vacuum cleaner. She had stuck the nozzle in to suck up the seeds and the feathers at the bottom of the cage when the nearby telephone began to ring. Instantly, she turned to pick it up. She had barely said hello when, well, Chippy got sucked up. She grasped, let the phone drop, and switched the vacuum cleaner off. With her heart in her mouth, she unzipped the bag. There was Chippy, alive 
but stunned. Covered with heavy gray dust, she grabbed him and rushed to the bathtub, turned on the faucet full blast, and held Chippy under the, the torrent of ice-cold water. Power washed him clean. Then it dawned on her that Chippy was soaking wet and shivering. She did what any compassionate pet owner would do. She snatched up the hair dryer and blasted him with hot air. Did Chippy survive? Yes. But he doesn't sing much anymore. He just sits and stares a lot. It's not hard to see why. You see, he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. It's enough to steal a song from any satisfied heart. I know this story sounds a little comical this morning, but is that not how life is? It seems like we're going through our day and everything is just fine. And then all of a sudden in one phone call, our world is literally turned upside down. It seems like one moment we're in the choir singing, what a day that'll be when my Jesus I shall see. Or the sun's coming up in the morning. Or we're hearing songs about God is always good and we're rejoicing in the blessings of God. And in the next moment we're rushing to the hospital or we're rushing to a loved one's house or it seems like everything we have worked our entire life for has just went up in ashes. When we think about the life of a man named Job, when you come to the beginning of his life, we find that Job is a very interesting man in the Bible. Matter of fact, the book of Job is probably the oldest book in our Bible. Of course, in the way that our Bible is laid out, it is not first, but as far as age, Job is probably the oldest book in our Bible. There's no mention of the law in the book of Job. Matter of fact, Job makes sacrifice for himself whenever we study the book of Job. But when we come to the book of Job, we see see Job's character. Job according to chapter number 1 and verse number 1 was a perfect man and upright one that feared God and issued evil. Job was a man that was in love with the Lord. Job was a man that was serving God. Job was a man that was interesting in not just going to church but in serving God with the fullness of his heart. You see the character of Job when you come to this book but you also see the commodity of Job in verse number 2 of chapter number 1 and there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters his substance was also 7,000 sheep 3,000 camels 500 yoke of oxen 500 she asses and a very great household Job was a man that we could say it in our day that had it going on he was not just serving God but he was probably the most wealthiest man of his day. Job's commodities. He was very blessed. And then there was Job's commitment. In verse number five, what does he do? He makes sacrifice for his household. He does what God wants him to do. He is committed to the service of God, but in starting of verse number six, there is the casualties in Job's life. In other words, Satan presents himself before God. And God said, did you hear me? God said, hath 
thou considered my servant Job. And God allows the devil to attack Job. Let me read you some of it starting in verse number 14. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain thy servant or the servants with the edge of their of the sword and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another. In other words, this servant still telling him about everything that's gone wrong. And while he is talking, another one runs up. Listen to what he says. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, the fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned up the, uh, the sheep and thy sir and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away. Yea, they have carried them away. Yea, and slain the servant with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. If that wasn't bad enough, look at verse 18. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in thy eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind up from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee all of a sudden in a matter of literally a few seconds or a maybe a minute or a minute and a half Job goes from having everything to just having his house, having his wife and four servants. I, 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 I is four times. There's four different servants that comes to him and now Job has his wife, he has his house and he has four servants. His children are dead and everything else that he had in his commodities is a casualty and is gone. And I bet that if we could hear everything Job said, he may have even made this statement, I wonder how I'm going to make it. I wonder how I'm going to make it. How many times have we found ourselves in that present condition? I just don't know how I'm going to make another day. I just don't know how I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. It seems like this has happened and that has happened and this has happened and that has happened. I, I remember in, 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 I remember several years ago it seemed like that in Brother uh, Kevin and Miss Nicole's life and uh, this had happened and the house caught on fire and Brady he went home to be with the Lord, their 13-year-old boy, and it seemed like every way they turned, somebody else was coming with bad news. Preacher, how will I make it? Preacher, how will I make it? I want you to understand something today, and I've said this many times, but we're not exempt from the trials of this life. I thought about this, trials will challenge your faith. 
trials will challenge your faith. What did he say in chapter 2 verse number 9? The Bible said this, then said his wife unto him, dost, dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Those trials challenged Job's faith. They changed his face in verse number 12. His friends come to him in chapter 2 verse number 12 and didn't even recognize who he was. Why? Because the trials had came his way. Can I say this about trials? They will reveal the true character of your friend. Do you hear what I just said? They will reveal the true character of your friend. Several years ago, close to 10 years ago now, my brother-in-law and sister went through a major storm in their life, which in turn was a major storm for our whole family because we're a family. Somebody say amen. It was a major storm for our whole family. And I'll never forget during those days when that happened, preachers that said that they was our best friends, preachers that said that they would go every mile along this way with us, turned on us during that time. And the false accusations that come, trials will reveal the true character of your friends and it did in the life of Job trials will confirm your foundations though you say preacher what are you saying here's what I'm saying when the trials of this life come it will confirm who you really believe in it's easy to serve God when everything's going great it's easy to serve God when we've got a great health report it's easy to serve God when all the bills are paid. It's easy to serve God when our children are not rebellious and they're all in good health. But you let the trial come. You let the heartaches come. You let the burdens come. You let the storms hit our life. And it will reveal what our foundation is. I'm going to say this. Uh, uh, Jesus said, or God said, upon this rock will I build my church. That is the foundation. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. What was the foundation? It was Jesus Christ. And if you do not have your faith in him, of the trials of this life will cause you to be a casualty. They will. I thought about all of that. When we get here, when we face this valley, uh, Job's storm, when you study the book of Job, lasts a year. Last a year. While we we're in the valley, there must be a devotion and a dependence upon the Lord. I've seen this happen so many times. I've seen this happen so many times. I'm 41 years old. I grew up in a pastor's home. Church is all I've ever known my whole life. And for 41 years, I've seen this happen. A storm hits somebody's life. They run to God. And then when they do not get the answers and the circumstances of that storm is not what they think it's supposed to be, then they run away from God. A storm naturally causes us to run to God. But it's not just running to God at the beginning of our storm. It is staying with God all the days of our life. Look at this and think about this with me. Job, how did you make it? Preacher, I just don't know how I'm going to make it.
I talked to an individual yesterday. Leslie and I was talking about it and on yesterday there was an individual that just about collapsed in my arms because of the storm that they're in. I began to talk to the individual and the individual said, I just don't know how I'm going to make it. They said, when is enough enough? Can I say something? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that. But I do know this. There is a God that is a very present help in trouble. Let me show you. Job, how'd you make it? I believe Job would say this to us, number one. Job, how'd you make it? I believe he would say, number one, I had the right relationship. I had the right relationship. Note with me in verse number 21. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return hither. Look at the next two words. The Lord. The Lord. You say, Job, how did you make it? Here's the way that he made it. Job had the right relationship. I can only help you so much. My wife can only help you so much. Your family can only help you so much. Are you hearing the preacher today? I can try my best to comfort you with the Word of God. I can try my best to give you godly counsel on how to deal with situations. But I can only help you so much. And there's only so much that an individual can do. But I know somebody that is not an individual. I know somebody that is the creator of all the world. And Job said, here's the way that I maintain my integrity. Here's the way that I kept my character. Here's the way that I made it. The Lord. That's how. That's how. That word Lord right there is in all caps. It means Jehovah. It means God. It means the Creator. Amen. The Creator. The one, we say this so many times, stepped out on nothing. How you step out on nothing? I don't think he ever moved from his throne until he created man. He created everything else from a distance. But he breathed into man. He breathed into the nostrils of man the breath of life. For you to breathe into somebody, you've got to be close to them. Oh yeah, he created everything else from a distance. But when he made man, he was close to him. He was personal with him. Why? Here's the reason why. He wanted to walk with him. He wanted to talk to him. He wanted man to lean on him. He had the right relationship. He had the right relationship. Job knew his hope and faith was not in this world but was in another world. My hope and my faith is not here. It's not in anybody sitting here. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I love every one of you. But my faith does not rest in you, Brother Tim Ramey. It does not rest in you, Brother Jeff. My hope does not rest in you, Brother Adam. Adam. 
my hope and my faith rest in Jehovah the creator of all the world and when troubles come and heartaches come I have the right relationship the Lord the Lord let me tell you how you're going to make it the Lord amen the Lord that's how you're going to make it Say, preacher, I need a good support group. You need the Lord. Preacher, I need a team to help me through this. You got the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. The Lord. There's nothing wrong with all of that. I believe in trying our best to be there for people when we can. But listen, hear me and hear me well. There will be times nobody else is there. There'll be times in the middle of the... Well, amen. There'll be times in the middle of the night when you don't want to pick up the phone and call nobody else. Boy, I'm going to tell you something Thursday night. In the middle of the night, I got a phone call. Boy, I couldn't pick up. I could have, but I chose not to pick up the phone and call anybody else. But laying there, well, amen, laying right there in my bed in the wee hours of Friday morning, I'm glad that I got a hold of somebody that had all power. Oh, yeah, he had the right relationship. Had the right relationship. Look at this. Let me read you a verse right here. Let me read you a verse in Job chapter number 19. I got to hurry. Job chapter number 19, listen to what he said. He said in Job 19, verse number 25, he said, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Your Job said, he said, This relationship that I've got, it's with the Redeemer. He said, I know my Redeemer liveth. He said, it is with somebody that is alive and well. I don't pray to the Pope with no hope. I don't pray to a statue today. I don't kiss Mother Mary's toe and take uh, carry a crucifix around. But I've got somebody today that is living within me. The relationship that Job had. He said, it's my Redeemer. And he's living. He talks about a redeemer. His relationship. He talks about a returner. He said he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Time out. Let me chase one rabbit. Isn't this amazing? It's the oldest book in the Bible. There's no law been written yet. There's nothing else been written. And Job's already talking about the coming of the Lord. What about that? No prophets has prophesied of it. And Job's already saying, yes, on this side, it may be tough, but I know about a redeemer that is soon to return. Oh, yeah. Talks about a resurrection. He said, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. You know what he was saying? He's saying if this world is it, then that's all right because there is a resurrection day. He talks about a reunion in verse number 27. You said, Preacher, what was it? Here's what it was. You had the right relationship. Preacher, how am I going to make it? You got to have the right relationship. You got to have the right relationship. Number two, Job not only had the right relationship. Number two, Job had the right realization. He had the right 
realization. Job realized some things. Look with me again in the Bible. The Bible said, verse 21, and he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return hither. The Lord gave, the Lord hath taketh away. Job realized everything he had and everything that he would have and everything that he has had in the past was all because of the good hand of God. Yeah, man. Let me tell you the reason you have what you have today because of the good hand of God. Because of the good hand of God. We've heard this statement. He had the right realization. He realized that everything come from the Lord. I've heard this statement made so many times. And then before you say amen, you may want to hear me out. The Lord will never put more on you than you can bear. You study that scripture that's talking about temptation. That has nothing to do with the trials of this life. Has nothing to do with that in the context of the scripture. That's talking about temptation. And with every temptation will make a way of escape. And we want to take that and say, God will never put more on me than God can bear, than I can bear. You're wrong. There is times God will put more on you than you can bear. That's the reason he said, take my yoke upon you. In a yoke, there's not one. There is two. And he said, take my yoke. You know what he does sometimes? He does put too much on us. And we cannot bear it within ourselves. And we have to come to the realization that our relationship is what carries us through. There's a lot of things I can't handle on my own. There's been a lot of storms that I couldn't handle on my own. But you know what? I've come to the realization that God was the one that gave it to me. And if God chooses it to take it away from me, God's the one that gave me life and I probably enjoy life more than any person sitting in this room. I just absolutely refuse to live a boring life. I absolutely refuse to sit around and worry all the time and fret all the time. I just refuse to. I've got one life. I'm going to live it to the largest I can and live it fullest as I can with a relationship with God and enjoy the blessings of God. But if the day comes that God God chooses to take my health away. I may not understand it and I may not know why I'm going through what I'm going through, but we must realize it was God that gave it to us in the first place. He had the right realization. He said the Lord gave it. The Lord taketh it away. He had the right realization. I thought about this. The old black preacher said it this way. If I lose everything I have, I've lost nothing because I didn't have nothing when I started. So naked came out of my mother's womb. Naked shall I return. He had the right realization. Can I just say something to you this morning? I'm hurrying. Can I say something to you this morning? Can I say something to you? Our ways are not God's ways. And our thoughts are not God's thoughts. Job at the end of the year knew nothing more about his trial than he did at the beginning of it.
Quit searching for all the answers in it. You're not going to find it. Realize that your relationship is what will make you through. Number one, he had the right relationship. Number two, he had the right realization. Number three, you with me? Number three, he had the right response. That's why he made it. He had the right response. He had the right response. What did he say? Then Job arose and ran his mantle and shaved his head, fell down upon the ground, watch this, and worshipped. 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 That don't mean that Job run the aisles and jumped up and down. That don't mean Job jumped up on top of the pews and shouted glory. Matter of fact, according to the Bible, he fell out prostrate for God. It was to the point where it knocked him down. Can I say this? That's when your worship will be the purest. He fell down on the ground. And he said, the Lord gave me. The Lord taketh away. But watch this. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed. I'm on my Lord. I'm going to praise you anyway. Lord, I'm going to thank you anyway. As hard as it is, we must praise God in our storm. We must thank Him anyway. We must praise Him anyway. I'll never forget He had the right response. I'll never forget when Brother Keith Wimoth went home to be with the Lord. Miss Carla and I was married to Brother Josh. Of course, Miss Bridget went home to be with the Lord right before that. And I'll never forget a few of y'all was at that, that uh, I'm not even going to call it a, a funeral, that, that memorial celebration, that camp meeting that we had in remembering the life of Brother Keith Wimmer that Saturday. But Scott, I believe y'all was there. I'm almost positive y'all was there. And when Miss Carla, all of a sudden, when it got quiet, broke out singing. Y'all remember that? Just broke out singing. You know what she was doing? Here's what she was doing. In the midst of her storm, when her world had just got turned upside down, and three little babies had just lost their daddy, and she had just lost her high school boyfriend and her husband. You know what she was doing? The Lord gave. Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Our response in our storm is what will help us make it through. We can sit back and soul up at God and get mad at God and question God in an angry way. Or we can sit back and say, God, I'm just going to trust you. Lord, I can't make it on my own, but I'm just going to trust you. He had the right response. I want to show you this in closing today. Madeline, come start playing that song that y'all just sang. It's amazing. I didn't know they was going to sing that song. How the Lord just lined that up. Job had the right relationship. He had the right realization. He had the right response. So many people get angry at God and bitter at God and falsely accuse God. Boy, that's the wrong response. Job didn't do that. So preach, I don't understand some things. Can I talk to God about that? Absolutely. Over 200 questions in, the, in 42 chapters, and the majority of those come by Job. Nothing wrong with talking to the Lord about it. 
when we say, God, you're wrong. I didn't deserve this. Oh, what we don't deserve is the grace of God and the mercy of God. That's what we don't deserve. Job had the right response. Chapter 42. Chapter 42. Job had the right reward. Verse number 10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job. Watch this. When he had prayed for his friends. When all that crowd that had turned against Job and falsely accused Job. Tell you when God turned the captivity of Job it's when Job prayed for his enemy. It's getting real quiet right there. When Job prayed for him. Everybody has their own opinion. Say, preacher, why did everything happen to Job the way it did? I don't know all of that answer. But I believe one of the things was this, to teach Job to pray for his enemies. The captivity of Job was stern when he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Look in verse number 12. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than in the beginning. Chapter number 1, Job's got 7,000 sheep. Chapter 42, he's got 14,000. Chapter number 1, he's got 3,000 camel. Chapter 42, he's got 6,000 camels. Chapter number 1, he's got 500 yoke of oxen. Chapter number 42, he's got 1,000 yoke of oxen. Chapter number 1, he's got 500 she-asses. Chapter number 42, he's got 1,000 she-asses. Chapter number 1, he's got 10 kids. Chapter number 2, or chapter number 42, he's got 20 kids. He's got 10 in heaven and now 10 on earth. And out of all of those 20 children, God saw fit to pin down four, three names. It was his last three daughters. Jemima, Keziah, and Karen Hapuk. Jemima means day or dove. Dove. You know what Job was saying? Job was saying because my response was right, I now have the right reward. God has now turned my midnight into day. Karen Hapuk, it means a box. Or, or Keziah means a fragrance. Karen Hapuk means a box of eye paint. And I thought a box of eye paint, when you study the word out, it's used to refer to the glory and brightness. Matter of fact, it's the same word that is used in Exodus 32 when Moses came down off the mount and his face shone with the glory of God. So you know what Job says when he names Karen Hapuk? He says, because I have remained faithful, because I have stayed true to God, because I have stayed in the center of His will, I am now once again rejoicing in the glory and the manifestation of a holy God. Preacher, how am I going to make it? How am I going to make it? You don't have to have the right relationship. you got to turn to Him. you got to turn to Him. you got to have the right realization. 
We may not understand everything. God still got it in control. Got to have the right realization. Got to have the right response. Don't, don't criticize Job's wife. She'd walked through the jaws of death to give birth to those ten children. Before we criticize her, I just don't know what I'd say if all three of my children died at one time. I don't know that I wouldn't say curse God and die too. You might as well holler amen because we don't know what we'd say. So don't criticize her too bad. Job still loved her and Job helped her and evidently God helped her because he blessed the latter end of their life. The right response. There'll be the right reward one day. I say this in closing. Of faith, of faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. Do you hear what the preacher just said? A faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. Preacher, I just don't know if I'm going to make it. I got real good news this Sunday morning. You can make it. You can make it. You can make it. You can make it. You'll never do it on your own, but you can make it.